Thanks for tuning in to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard. Joining me, as always, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Man, I don't know about you guys, but it's been a, a really good week of sports. Um, you know, LSU had their bowl game, didn't win. Uh, but men's basketball had two two wins against ranked teams. We just had the college football playoff game, uh, Georgia beating Alabama, which, you know, I love <laughs> considering I went there mm-hmm. uh, and the state of Georgia loves it too. I imagine most of them. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just, uh, it was just a good, I don't know. I think a lot of people were pulling for Georgia. Um, I don't know about you guys. You don't have to, you don't have to lie if you don't, if you weren't, but I sure as heck was. And uh, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into, you know, let's use lopsided bowl game, but um, I don't know. It was just a good week overall. Uh, but definitely a good week for for sports. I feel like it's all just coming to an end, though. Uh, you know, because the Saints are out of the playoffs as well, or they didn't make it to the playoffs. So that's it. You know, until well, we have uh, a signing day coming up, and then you know the the spring game and stuff like that. But it's all coming to an end. It's like a, a winter approaching. How, how are you guys doing? Uh, doing good. It was a. I mean, that was. I was definitely rooting for Georgia with you last night and I enjoyed watching that game um, almost as much as probably, you know, a real, a real Georgia fan would. Uh, so, you know, it's good, good to be here talking with you again and, and uh, bittersweet to be putting another button on, on this season. Cause if, like you said, pretty much every, all the football is pretty much over for us right now, but, yeah. um, but I'm glad to talk it over. Yeah, I was watching with uh, Tommy last night, and I found myself kind of on the Bama side, just to kind of have some. I didn't some, understand that some opposition to him, and then also I predicted Bama to win on the podcast last week. But I'm happy for the Bulldogs and for you, Scott. First time in what 42 ish years, uh, yeah. so um, congrats on that. And then yeah, um, football is effectively over for the state of Louisiana. Kind of sad. We enter the long like seven ish months <laughs> without it. Uh, but yeah, I got a lot to, to break down with LSU football, basketball, and, uh, more. Yeah. So just jumping into this title game, I, I'll, uh, I wasn't sure of our chances. You know, obviously I definitely wanted Georgia win, but I, I don't know. just what happened with the SEC championship game, you know, and just the, the, this cloud hanging over, uh, not just Kirby smart, but I guess all of Saban's assistants, you know, that's just, it's really hard to beat the guy. <laughs> but that goes, that's true for anyone really any coach it's just it's hard to beat a saving coach team um but i knew alabama was susceptible you know if, if lsu could give them a, a tough game and auburn could take them pretty much to the line they were winning 10 nothing until like the fourth quarter uh i knew that alabama had some weaknesses and just you know it was going to take the right team to exploit them again like actually uh, texas a&m did um so I, that's why i thought georgia had a chance you know it just had to be the georgia that we saw for like the first 10 games or whatever, uh, not the one that showed up at the SEC championship. And then, you know, that's who we got. It looked pretty, looked pretty rough to start though. Right. It was like a chip shot field goal game. Um, reminded me of, you know, LSU and Alabama back in 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. If you're prone for those teams, cause it's good, good, hard nosed football, but obviously boring if, you, if you're not, but you know, uh, it, it, you could start to see Georgia's offense kind of slowly opening. I didn't know if we were going to, you know, get to see JT Daniels or anything, but obviously Kirby did not, did not really care. He, he's like, I'm sticking with Stetson Bennett and it just takes a second. I don't know what it was. It's some, some trick plays, some, just some misdirection, something like that. But it's like, you could see it once they hit these big plays, it kind of loosened Alabama up a little bit and uh, they were able to move the ball more. Mm-hmm. Um, Alabama was, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I know they had the Heisman on quarterback, but uh, 
don't know. He he only looked good in spots, I would say. But that's because Georgia's defense was a lot better than the SEC championship. You know, they were putting him under duress all night. So that's why I think he he was forced to make uh, earlier decisions and bad decisions. And uh, I don't know. It was kind of reminiscent with the uh, – remember when the Saints were in the Super Bowl playing the Colts? It's like they were up by a score, and Manning was driving. And then it's like right in the fourth quarter, Manning threw that interception – Returned it for a touchdown, and I'm like, that's it. Yeah. We got it. Yeah. We got it. So, I don't know. That's that's all I saw the game. Uh, wh- wh- what did you guys think of it overall? It was an exciting game uh, to watch. I mean, the final score, 33 to 18, you wouldn't know that Alabama had a chance to win it with, like, a, like minute, a minute left. Yeah, a minute left when they were driving down to, to get score a touchdown and two-point conversion that would have tied it. And they were winning until the last 10 minutes of the game. Uh, but like you said, it was just a ground and ground and pound one for a while. Georgia's defense stood tall like they had throughout basically the entire season, except for the SEC championship. Uh, Jordan Davis made his presence felt on the inside. Um, and yeah, a lot of athletic plays all over the field. Bama's offense didn't click as much as they had in the past, obviously with mm-hmm. John Mechie out and then Jamison Williams, unfortunately went down early after like a circus catch and kind of and hurt his knee. It looked like. Um, and then after that, the, the back of wide receivers just couldn't really get the job done. And Bryce Young seemed a little bit off as well, but yeah, really fun game to watch better than last year's championship between Bama and Ohio state. Uh, and you could kind of tell it like these were two well-matched teams oh, yeah. and it was just whoever was on that day was going to win. And ultimately it was Georgia. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think really this game is an absolute testament to how head and shoulders above everyone else, Georgia and Alabama were and have been the entire year. Um, because I mean, if you, all you all you need to do is watch those the two playoff games leading up yeah. to the title title game. You know, Georgia made made Michigan look like a, a high school team. Of course, Alabama, you know, was was really you know dominant against Cincinnati. Um, and but then you watch them play against each other. And it's pretty, I mean, it was pretty evenly matched. I think that, and we talked about this in the podcast before kind of leading up to the game. Um, you know, I think Georgia, everyone plays their worst game of the year. At some point we played our worst game of the year in 19 against Ole Miss. And if we played the way we played against Ole Miss against, a, 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 against like Alabama, if that happened, you know, we would have lost that game. Um, I think we won that Ole Miss game basically not because of execution, but because our talent was just so much better. But because, I mean, if you remember John Rice Plumley, who has now, tra- you know, he's not even with Ole Miss anymore, has transferred to uh, UCF. He ran all over us and, and you know, kind of could, could do whatever he wanted as a, as a you know, dual threat quarterback. I think Georgia had their worst game of the season. It just happened to fall in the SEC championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it, you know, it looked really bad. It came at the, probably probably the, you know, second worst time it could have come. The worst time being maybe the national championship itself. If they played their worst game of the season last night, obviously that would not be good. But um, I think that, la- you know, the performance you saw from Georgia last night was definitely more of what we expected the entire year. I, that first half reminded me so much of uh, Georgia's performance against Clemson to open the season which was an absolute, and it, obviously that win looks a lot worse now, or not even worse. It just doesn't look as good as it as it did at the very beginning because Clemson ended up not being what you know what they traditionally are. But I still think that um, the way that Georgia's defense just absolutely suffocated Clemson and uh, DJ Uyungle, 
that was the most impressive thing. And and I saw that, you know, you saw that most of the year from Georgia and you definitely saw it last night. Um, Like you said, Daniel Jordan Davis obviously looked great. Nicobe Dean looked great. Uh, Keely Ringo looked great. And, and the amount of speed on that, you well, honestly on both sides of the ball and for, for both teams, but both, both, uh, both teams as defense, which Alabama and, and Georgia's, is so incredibly fast. Yeah, basically yeah. any any player who would roll out into the flats, either like a running back or a quarterback scrambling, he was getting tracked down in the backfield. It's amazing. It's amazing. At, and like, and you're seeing ton, you're seeing elite level speed, um, in positions doing things that that you normally don't see. I mean, for, for talking about Alabama, Dano, you remember when this happened? Uh, when Christian Harris is engaged with a with a block in the backfield. And he, while, while taking on a block with his left hand and falling towards the ground, grabs, uh, I think either run, either it might've been James cook, uh, uh, the ball carrier for Georgia and tackles him with one hand. Like, you know, I, we, I remember we saw that. I mean, this guy, that's a guy who played cornerback last in high school. And now he's, you know, <laughs> making plays like that as, as a, uh, real, you know, hand in the dirt, uh, pass rushing linebacker. Um, of course, Will Anderson, you don't have to say anything about him. He's, he's probably the best defensive player in football. Um, and he, he looked great. Uh, but, but like I said, just the speed, it was a pleasure to watch that game. And it was a pleasure to watch both of those defenses work. I'm glad Georgia got the win. Um, I'm excited for, uh, yeah, I, I think that it's kind of cool, especially since, you know, they haven't won since 1980. It was cool to see Vince Dooley there. Um, the Stetson Bennett angles is kind of fun because, you know, he's the, the guy who was counted out and everything. Um, but I will say this, I, I, I think it also that, that Georgia, if Georgia couldn't, if Georgia and Kirby smart couldn't get over the hump last night, I don't know. I, I think that Georgia might've needed to move in a different direction because of all the times to beat an Alabama team, um, last night was the time. I think that Georgia's win is as much a function of, of how good they are, which they were great. They were great the entire year. But that Alabama team is so young and raw and 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 uh, inexperienced. I mean, we look at the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, Bryce Young, and say, oh, wow, he's the best. You know, he's, he's the best in football, which is true. I think he probably is the best quarterback in college football. But every you know, that's that was his second playoff game he's ever started. Um, he's only played... I guess what he's only played meaningful snaps in 15 games. Um, and, and all of his receivers, especially once Jamison Williams went down, all of his receivers had, this was their first time, you know, playing in a lot of the cases on that defense. That defense is really young. They're starting two true freshman uh, cornerbacks in J- J- Quincy McKinstry and uh, the other guy who, who ended up kind of costing Alabama that, that big, he gave up the big touchdown mm-hmm. towards the end. Um, so I, I mean, I think that I'm glad Georgia, Georgia did it. Uh, I think it's a big, it's a big statement win for, for Kirby. And, uh, I think that, you know, they took advantage of, of, of a, a good Alabama team to be able to beat, but man, that Alabama team next year is going to be scary good mm-hmm. because think yeah. about how many people they're returning. I think they're returning like over, over, 13 or 14 starters. I mean, it's, it's something unreal like that. Um, and if that's how, if, if, if that's a down year for Alabama, which I kind of think it is, 
I mean, obviously losing is down for them, but also just, just kind of the way that their season went losing to AM the way they did playing. Like we, like you said, Scott playing LSU close, playing Auburn close and in, in two teams that they should not be playing close. Um, if they, if they make even just some small improvements from lat from this year, they're going to be scary good. Yeah. And you know, who knows if, if, uh, if Bryce Young hadn't lost his receivers, I don't, I don't know if the game would have been different. I think Georgia's defense was coming with it all game and, you know, they, they did have the speed and I was just looking at the, just looking at the size of those guys. I mean, they, they would just be flying from the, you know, like the defensive backfield up to, to make a tackle, but you could also see like they, they were obviously big on speed. Some of them weren't as big on bodies because uh, Brian Robinson was just, you know, running all over people. Uh, you know, they, they probably could have, <laughs> they probably could have just uh, geared the game with him for a little bit. And they kind of did. Uh, but I mean, it did suck that Bryce lost his receiver. It was pretty much what the first quarter is yeah. when, uh, when, when they lost Jameson. And uh, it was like their first big play, the first big play of the game for, for both teams, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's crazy because they, I think on Georgia's next drive, that's when they got like their first big play. Cause they weren't doing anything. Yeah. But I don't know. It's an interesting story with Stetson Bennett. You know, if you didn't know, he's like this, this guy grew up, uh, an avid Georgia fan, like little pictures of you know him as a kid with Georgia stuff on. It's like Bo Nix if they won the national championship. <laughs> right. But he has to transfer out to a junior college and then transfer back in. Yeah. And then wait for the starting QB to get hurt. And, and transfer. Then, right. Well, but, or but JT Daniels, um, you know, he was hurt. But uh, Kirby also has to stick with you throughout that whole time. Right, because yeah. people kept saying, "Are we going to see JT? Why not put JT in? Stetson's not the guy." But you know, it, it was Kirby's guy, and he did get the job done. That was like that guy's dream come true. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine it going any other way, just because. But I, I don't know. As a Georgia fan, I was starting to get frustrated. I'm like, "We got to mix this up." Uh, but then once they started hitting those big plays to open it up, uh, I definitely felt a lot better. And um, yeah, just again, glad glad Athens is in one piece for the most part. Um, but Georgia's going to be good next year too. Uh, but oh, yeah, they definitely will. Very good. Yeah, but, I wonder what their quarterback situation is going to be. Because right. Stephen Bennett could come back. He could. Yeah, but JT Daniels still may be there. Plus, they got I think Brock Vandergriff is like a highly rated yeah. like freshman. So it could be a three way battle. But I guess it would be Stetson's to lose. And then they have that happens. guy Gunner Stockton in their um, recruiting class this year, which I think he's he's like a four star. So. Yeah. I looked at um, it last night. I, I don't just—I mem- didn't memorize that guy, but I'm, <laughs> but I have heard of him. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, you, you can tell uh, Saban and the Tide rule it a hurt, but you know what? I'm sure they'll be there again soon, man. They—they've lost more titles than most teams have ever, you know, even had the chance to play for. This is um, almost makes me like even more scared. The next year, Bama is going to be like on the war path, and Saban is like going to just want to demolish people, like to come back and win it after making it to the very end, and then like so close but no cigar. No, I, I totally think. I mean, if you can go, if you can go get a line on on Alabama to win the national championship next year, go to your go to your nearest casino and, and bet it. I feel like, I feel like it's with Bryce Young coming back and almost the entire team. The only people that they're probably going to lose is like Mechie and. Um, Mechie and Jamison, right? Williams. Yeah, mostly. And then they have to replace Brian Robinson also, but they got like three five-star running backs. I was going to say, like, Brian Robinson wasn't even their preferred starter to start this season. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sick how stacked they are. Um, but 
I don't know if you guys have any more thoughts on that, but uh, LSU did have a bowl game as well, which we not can as inter- not as entertaining can, as this. Can we talk? Can we just talk about the national championship and forget about that one? <laughs> I mean, you can. Let's, sure uh, can. Uh, let, let's blow through this Texas Bowl real uh-huh. quick. Almost how Kansas State blew through us. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, it was it was forty two to twenty, and I think it was what twenty one nothing. Uh, maybe even no, it was twenty one nothing before we scored right like it was 28 or 21 to nothing before we even got on the board and i you could kind of just tell at that point we just it just we weren't going to cut it and man as much as i i love uh, the effort john trey kirkland put out there and just seeing him after the game you know still smiles and saying we well, don't back down from anybody uh it just it was it was not going to be that we were not going to win that game um uh, you know i hate to say it, i can't imagine a scenario with those same players if you know that we would win that game we were just so depleted uh the defense had some moments though um the offense did too obviously because we got on the board granted you know you could call it a lot of garbage time stuff but still if you're if you you have a quarterback that has never taken a college snap um i don't know i I don't don't know what else what else you can do you know they weren't going to burn nussmeyer's um uh red shirt which i said you know what are we saving it for though because if you know, if we have, you know, Will Miles coming back, we got Will Campbell. Um, he's going to be good, what, maybe one year, and then he's going to be eligible. I don't know. Uh, but they went with John Trey Kirkland, and you could tell they kind of kind of game plan for him specifically. Not many passes, at least at first. It took a while for them to really open up the passing, and it was just mostly a lot of, you know, read, read option stuff, and uh, Kansas State was able to ball it up for the most part. Unfortunately, our defense was just gashed, wide open, and you know we just we just couldn't stop them. You know we were just uh, just couldn't stop them. I don't know. I don't know. I think it really was a game plan thing. They just uh, they had more senior athletes, more guys that had played together longer. Because uh, well, we only had like thirty eight scholarship guys. The rest of them were walk ons. Yeah, guys that had never really seen the field. So. I don't know. I mean, it was a good effort. Uh, I knew we probably weren't going to win that game after the first quarter, but uh, anyway, you know, you could still see some good things um, as much as it hurt to lose that badly. Um, it does bring in a new era, you know, like that. Now that that game is behind us, uh, we have a new era for LSU football, but you know, it sucks that that's how they ended out the old era. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys really expect anything different? Well, to me, it kind of reminded me a lot of the Kentucky game from in the season against oh, a yeah. good but like not yeah. great opponent that you realize pretty early on they just want to be there so much more than you and, beat and there's you in, nothing we can do to stop and beat you in every phase of the game. I mean, a lot of what we had talked about on the previous podcast came to pass. I had said that our offense was very lackluster under Max Johnson, who's an actual quarterback. So what's going to happen when we have a wide receiver in there who they know you're not going to pass with, although he ended up having – three touchdown passes, but that's kind of irrelevant because like until the very end he's running. So all they had to do is just block that. And then they, they bottled us up and then we couldn't go anywhere. And meantime, we have like bargain bin defensive backs <laughs> trying to, to guard Kansas state. And I mentioned like, if we couldn't contain Deuce Vaughn, the game was basically lost at that point and he ran all over us. Uh, so it, it was just a complete like breakdown on just about every aspect of LSU football and it was over like in the second quarter, which is sad to see. I mean, I applaud the LSU players that did step out there and make some sort of an effort as opposed to a lot that uh, chose not to. Um, but 
I said before the game, I was like, I'm just ready for it to be over. And then it was over pretty quickly. So uh, just kind of looking forward to Florida state coming up in September or whatever, because this one I was, was not the way to end the season. Yeah. That's one, that's one to forget. Um, very disappointing. Uh, but what can you really expect? You can, I don't really think you could have expected anything better. I wouldn't say we under, we underperformed our talent. We just didn't have anybody. Um yeah. I, I will say, I think that there were, like you said, Scott, there were a few bright spots. Like, um, you know, I, I, on the podcast, when we previewed it, I said to watch out for Pig Cage. I think he actually looked pretty good. It was He got the Very start. Good. He had a few, a few kind of electric plays, had some good tackles and stuff. Um, so that was kind of fun to watch. But, I mean, other than that, really, uh, yeah, you, not, not much good can be said about it. Um, we got pushed around and, and, you know, by Kansas State, which is not a – great program by any means um but i think i mean there was you know there was another highlight we got to hear from brian kelly and he went in the booth and that was kind of cool um he talked about you know taking over the program so i guess that's good i uh, i'm just ready to get over it at, at you know to now I, I will say this though um there's a lot of people in the media i don't know if y'all have heard about it i've heard a lot especially right after the game saying that we should have never played we should have backed out like a&m or we should have just, you know, said, no, we don't have enough players. We're not going to play. I kind of, I totally disagree with that. I'm, I'm still glad we played. Like, I don't really think that it, I don't think it hurts us anyway. Nobody, nobody got hurt. Nobody's there. You know, some people are saying, oh, it's bad for our image. I'm like, who cares? Like we, yeah, we lost a bowl game that to, to Kansas state that when we had half of a roster, like, okay. Yeah. But I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad that we got, that, that we got to, I'm glad we played. I'm glad we didn't do what AM did and just backed out. Um, so I, I hope that's not the trend for the future. I hope it's not that you basically only play your bowl game if it's a a good enough bowl game and B if you if you're gonna if you feel like you're gonna win. So right. Well, um, well and also if you have enough enough players to build a team so that you're not putting guys in danger out there trying to make them do Ironman football. Uh, but I mean, that's what I, I can't remember the last time we've ever had that issue where, you know, we couldn't field a team for a bowl game. I mean, we were dangerously close, but I agree with you. I, I'm glad we did it. And yeah, it's, um, it looks bad. It, the only way it looks bad is it's just, it's a loss to Kansas state in a bowl game and it's bragging rights for them. But you know what? This in the score, like, like, the only thing that looks bad is like the score on paper. Right. Other right. than that, but, like, yeah. no. Um, and like, you know, kind of like uh, Daniel said, like, this is, uh, you know, this was kind of like their, their big game, their Super Bowl. You know, they, they wanted oh, to yeah. be there. They wanted to be there. Uh, but we, you could tell LSU was like, well, we want to be here just because, you know, we were asked, but it's, it's, it's like, not in, us. And Kansas State, they're, this is a quarterback sixth season. He's like the legendary guy there going out with a bang. Meanwhile, we have a guy who's playing his first game in, five years as a quarterback. Well, so it's coming, what, what do you expect to happen there? And, and the Kansas state fans were rocking it up. So I, I, good for them, but I, I'm kind of glad I didn't end up going to the game. Cause I, I considered it for a minute, taking yeah. a trip to Houston. That would have been a depressing thing to watch. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't go to that. That would have been miserable. Yeah. Uh, yeah no. And but, that, that's mean, one of those games where if you have plans, like if you like got a hotel room or whatever, you just, you just get the car back and drive home. You don't even, it doesn't even matter. Let's just go. <laughs> Yeah, uh, or you just don't stay for the game. You go to downtown and hit the bars or something. But uh, to reiterate, I'm glad they played the game. A, because, you know, I, I think it was, you know, might have been good. I mean, uh, 
Brian Kelly actually coached one of his previous teams that he had joined. Like he coached him in the bowl game right after he signed on with the team. I knew that wasn't going to happen, but it was kind of good for him to see that he was at the game. Like you said, we listened to him for a little bit as, as John Terry Gerken was throwing an interception, but still, you know, just get to hear him talk about the team and he got to see it up close and personally, you watched him play a game. And I think for the guys that are staying, the guys that are willing to stay, want to stay, or the guys that are coming in, it gives them something to work on. Cause yeah, they didn't win, but like, you know what? We took on this game. Yeah. It's like the Spartans, the, the 300 men, they knew, they knew they weren't going to win, but they did it with pride. And uh, I think moving forward next year, that is something this team can build on. At yeah. least, like I said, the guys that were here. Um, so we'll see. But um, I don't know. Uh, it's it's very interesting. You know, it's like you got Miles coming back. And it, I don't know, could he have a Stetson Bennett type year where he's like, it's finally my chance and I'm going to do it. I transfer it. Well, no, I don't, I'm not going to transfer. I'm going to stay. But it's like it's hopefully it's finally his chance. And honestly, out of all the guys that have come and gone in the portal, uh, in and out of the SEC, you know, I think I'd be most comfortable with Miles anyway. I'm okay with that, you know. Like as far as whether it's gonna if we we're gonna keep Max or if it was Bo and Nicks or all these other guys like TJ. It's like all these other guys flying around. And there's uh, there's still some more like Cato Williams is going to USC, so that means Jackson Dart, which is probably the greatest name for a quarterback, by the way. Like he's ta- he's transferring. It's like where's he gonna go? It's like all these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It's we we had some transfers and we had some uh, guys declare for the NFL. But I, what I don't get is like entering the transfer portal now for some of these guys, right? Like Caleb Williams. I, I don't know. I guess I could get it because he went there maybe for Lincoln Riley and what he saw he could do with the quarterback. So Riley leaves. Caleb says. Well, my coach is leaving. I guess I'll follow him. Sure. But it's like all these other guys, like guys that the, uh, what was it? Martinez at Nebraska. He had the record, uh, for like most, uh, uh, offensive yards for a Nebraska quarterback. He's leaving. And now all these other senior quarterbacks, they're like leaving. I just, I don't get it. Um, I mean, we, we lost mostly on offense though. It was just a couple wide receivers, Trey Palmer, Alex Adams. I mean, we already knew about max, but, you know, Keyshawn's staying put. He signed himself a nice NIL deal, by the way. Um, so I, I don't know. I just it's it's just bizarre to see all these different levels of players just all transferring now. It's just I think it's just it's like the Wild West, man. It's just no one knows what's going to happen, and it, you know it kind of sucks because that means we could lose anybody, anybody, right? Yeah, I mean, our team, both offensively and defensively, is going to have a lot of new looks and new personnel next year. This is most likely, I mean, you always have people moving on cycling in, but uh, it seems the facelift is in order for all aspects of the team uh, almost every year. I mean, yeah, we have plenty of key pieces returning, but yeah, going to have a, a need to some, some new life in there as well, whether it's through true freshmen uh, or the transfer portal, especially like at the cornerback position, we're down. So I think two scholarship corners. And so like we got Terrence Welch coming in as a true freshman, but uh, I think, and we actually just got a transfer from a guy from UL, Makai um, Gardner. So does he start? I don't know. Uh, and that's going to be, I think the testament to Brian Kelly's ultimate effectiveness is how he rebuilds the pyramid from the bottom up from this roster of what 38 players in the, in the Texas bowl to a full 85 man roster. This may be a 
two, three year process, yeah. not overnight. Um, but if we can just get back to a, a functioning football team, then I think that's a, a good first goal. It's really amazing how, how fast our roster crumbled, um, mm-hmm. you know, from what, like eight weeks ago we had, okay. We're not great. We, we have some injuries. We have some people who aren't, you know, maybe aren't our, our first choices to play the positions, but, um, we're still, uh, you know, when you look at our roster, our depth chart, we, you'd say, okay, that's a, that's a good, that's a good program. That's a good starting point for a new coach. Um, at this no. point, we don't have anybody. So, no. so this is what I don't get. And I, I, I wonder if you guys think, is it just this, this, this last part of this, uh, you know, this previous era cycling out, is it just guys not happy with a change or something else? Like, not only did we lose Derek Stingley, we knew he would lose him after this year anyway, but Eli Ricks is out. But you would think, all right, well, with him gone, Cordell Flott, it's your time to shine. Nope, he's going to go shine somewhere else. So I I don't know. What do you think? Because it's like a lot of these were defensive backs, like you said. We also had Cam Lewis uh, enter his name. So I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is it? just you know the changing of the guards or is there uh i think that i think that so many of so many of the cases that you're talking about like one they lost their position coach Corey raymond and then they also lost ed orgeron who recruited a lot of them especially like like an eli ricks guy like uh, i mean i i know coach o was instrumental in recruiting him and bringing him from california here um I think that I think that we're just having a little bit of the uh, growing pains at the defensive back position, just because that's uh, I feel like that was a position that was so um, locked into the personnel that we lost as far as the coaching goes. That a lot of the and and uh, you know it's kind of like you lose one and it's like a trickle effect where okay, well if Eli's gone and Derek's Derek's going to the NFL. Well, I don't really want to play here. I don't even know who the new guy is. I don't have coach Raymond anymore. The guy who recruited me is not here anymore. And I know they're not, they're probably not going to win a bunch of games next year. I just, I'm ready to go to. Yeah. And then on top of that, besides the fact that the coach is gone, a lot of these recruits that we're seeing leave the program now came to LSU in the shadow of like a nine and three Fiesta Bowl winning season. And then the 15 and no national championship winning season. And then now they've sat through two, very mediocre seasons. And then those that attracted them to the LSU in the first place have lost their luster. And then returning to that state seems very far off at this point. So they see, I mean, greener pastures elsewhere. And it's like, why would you stick with LSU when you can compete for a national championship, potentially immediately another place when that's why you came to LSU in the first place. And it didn't meet your, uh, what your expectations. Do you think it's harder for, cause we, we've, you know, had some guys transfer out, but, we, uh, I think the only transfer we've had come in was that, uh, that offensive lineman out of FIU. It's like, we, I know we put some offers out. We've put plenty of offers out because we, you know, we, we have needs at wide receiver. Uh, I don't know. Um, obviously defensive back now, but it's like, I, I know there's offers gone out because these players have tweeted out, you know, blessed to receive an offer from LSU, but, uh, we haven't had anybody commit. So, yeah, they're kind of they're kind of trawling the secondary ranks in terms of like group of five teams trying to pick some diamonds in the rough, which can be a good effect. But we're not going out and being the market mover for 
former five stars and, and those players. Um, I don't know whether we just don't have the clout or, or what, maybe we can't give them enough money. Uh, I think we were a little bit late. I think that, I think that by the time that a lot of the big time uh, movers were going to, we're going to exercise their option to get in the portal and find a new home. I don't think we'd had Brian Kelly and the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator all set up and announced. So mm-hmm. I think, I think that's kind of the reason. Mm-hmm. So hopefully well, some, I mean, if, if some of these like kind of smaller school guys end up transferring to LSU, hopefully they can step up and, and play immediately. I guess that's one good aspect is you're getting people who at least have starting level experience at their, their field. And they just have to adapt to the sec environment, which is not easy for sure. Uh, but then that'll be another big test uh, for all these new coaches coming in to, to get them up to speed and at that level. Yeah, I agree. I would say we still have, you know, regular, well, the, you know, the usual signing day coming up. Uh, I mean, some guys that allow, announced this past week because they had that All-America Bowl, but um, uh, Travis Etienne, we knew he was going to go to Florida. Uh, so I, I don't think that was really a big shock. I mean, he had LSU in his top three, but um, uh, some other announcements coming up, some guys that we're going to announce that kind of put off, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like Jacoby Matthews. So who knows? LSU might be able to pick up some guys on signing day and, I mean, I don't know. There's still plenty of time for the transfer portal. I mean, Joe Burrow didn't transfer until like May, yeah. right? So, I mean, there's still time for that. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens in the spring game, what what it looks like. I know it's going to be such a a different thing, such a, you know, uh, not, I don't want to say watered down because it hasn't even been formed. It's like it's still being formed. Like, I'm just curious what this Brian Kelly's going to look like. Uh, but we'll have, a, you know, FSU. I would say maybe a few years ago it might have been a better game, but, man, FSU did not – in the year on a good note. Uh, but, uh, we do have that. So I don't know. We have that to look forward to. Um, plus, uh, time. We have, we have time on our side to see what happens, see who transfers in. But, um, did want to talk about this, uh, this speaking of, uh, good environments, this LSU basketball, because they had two great home wins this past week. Uh, first one was against Kentucky. And to be honest, that kind of helped me, get it get in a nice peace of mind to where I didn't really care what happened in the Texas bowl. Cause they was literally on the same station. Like it was LSU. Night. Yeah. But back, back to back. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Um, and there was some, like, I don't know, on some uh, last night on the title game, I don't know if you guys saw this on ESPN, all their channels, all the different views, the camera angles mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, that was, that was kind of cool. Um, it was a good lead in to the week I thought when LSU beat Kentucky made me not really care what happened in the Texas Bowl, and then you had Tennessee come in after that and man it was just a a good game I I felt like they weren't really I don't know I didn't feel like they didn't have a shot in either one of those games like you know just they weren't playing up to speed they were just they were good from the start I think in both games and they were able to hold off right? Like normally it's, you know, it could waver back and forth, but it, you know, it wasn't like the Auburn game where they got down big and they didn't really get up too big. Well, they kind of did, but then uh, against Kentucky, it started to get a little scary, right? Cause they had not hit, they like, they'd gone on a big run to get back from Kentucky uh, to, to get the lead from Kentucky, but it's like they hadn't scored and Kentucky was kind of starting to chisel away. And then they had this one play where they were about to throw the ball away and Kentucky was going to take the lead with like a minute or so. But then the guy threw it away. The guy had to save it out of bounds and then LSU got it. 
and that's when they dished to uh, Terry Eason and he dunked it in. Uh, and I, I would say that kind of sealed the game, but then Xavier Pinson had a dunk right after that, and that's pretty much sealed the game. So <laughs> uh, I don't know. It just shows that the uh, the fortitude the team has. Um, it was scary though in the Tennessee game because uh, Xavier Pinson had a had a knee injury. It's kind of yeah. worried. Oh man, we we're going to lose him for the rest of the year. But turns out no. It's just uh, it's just a sprain, an MCL sprain. Uh, I don't think he's not he's not going to be available for Florida. Maybe this weekend, but I don't know. I'd say don't push it because we could use him, you know, later on in the year as opposed to right now. Um, but were you guys able to, I don't know. You just, you didn't go to the game. You went to a game. No, no, we, we didn't. We watched them. No, I, yeah, yeah. I watched the Kentucky game on TV and then I was actually at a wedding. So I missed the Tennessee game, but I, I was watching it on my phone at the reception. Like people, everybody was kind of huddled around the chairs, like trying to, trying to watch it. Uh, cause it was getting close at the end and Tennessee was coming back, but yeah, the, the spark was lit much brighter on these, both these games they got out on like the dreadful Auburn start. Um, things were clicking. We were shooting better against Kentucky. Uh, and then like just the, to be able to hold off Kentucky at the very end of that game and, and close it out was great. Uh, Tennessee, obviously we're, we're much better and then they, they made it a little bit close at the end, but that one was never like super in question. And then yeah, the, the injury to Pinson is tough. So that'll be uh, an interesting game against Florida on Wednesday away with, I assume Eric Gaines running the point. Um, so we'll see whether he can, he can carry the torch for us. Uh, Justice Williams will have to step up and kind of fill in at the point as well uh, in relief for Eric Gaines, but yeah, two, two good wins. I think we're up to like number 12 in the polls and yeah, yeah not, not many people ahead of us and progress. I mean, two sec wins already i think we've got like five they call them like the quad one wins against like the top level opponents and that's one of the best in the country already uh f uh tari Eason continues to dominate big double double against tennessee and yeah i guess good times for lsu basketball um i'm planning on going to the game against arkansas on saturday so that'll be fun i'll report back on that one and yeah excited to see the the tigers in action yeah uh and i would say games he had a real because you know it was that game against Auburn where it was just horrible three after horrible three. And I think even Will Wade was asked, like he he'd said something about it too, about his team's three point shot selection. Uh, it, was, it was a lot better at Kentucky. I, I don't know, but I know games game. I know games, he made a couple, but man, did he, uh, he really, he, well, he made up for, you know, some of those shots from the Auburn game, but like his defense, like his defense is kind of what, would help with that with that Kentucky game and like if he keeps doing that and he can you know make a three here and there that's great that's all we that's all we'd need him to do because he was just all over the place defensively so uh yeah if we can get some more of him that's great you know if we if we miss Tari if we miss uh Pinson for just one or two games fine with that just keep him save him for the rest of the year yeah Um, on that, I think the strategy, like, obviously he's not playing against Florida tomorrow. If we beat Florida, then I think we might as well sit him against Arkansas and let him rest up. Cause if you go one and one in those two games, especially with Florida being away, then that's not too terrible. You still got plenty of time after that. Uh, if, if we lose to Florida, then maybe you can see if he's available because you don't want to drop two in a row uh, in one week. And then I, I mean, if we win Florida sit him against Arkansas and win that one as well, then it's ideal. Yeah. But I don't think there's any really reason to rush, especially since we've shown that we can play together against good competition uh, when the team's all there. True. Yeah. Yeah. Some good stuff there. 
Um, and even uh, women's basketball. I mean, they had a, uh, they, they almost beat the number one team in the country, South Carolina. Uh, they did not, but they did win uh, against Auburn on the road. So women's trucking along too, man. Uh, Kim Mulkey's got them, got them, got them at the top. I mean, it's quite a turnaround if you think about it. Yeah, this is basically basically like a revelation how fast she's like injected some life in that program because they were like very like middle to bottom of the pack in the SEC play the past like two or three years. And now they're up to number 14 in the country. And that, that would have been sweet to beat South Carolina, like the number one team. I uh, couldn't quite get it done, but they'll be dangerous down the stretch as well. And I mean, people are at least talking about LSU women's basketball, which was not even a consideration like yeah. in, in the past few years. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, yeah, well, everyone's talking, <laughs> uh, some people don't do much talking, uh, South Carolina's coach, Don Staley. Did you see what she said? I did. I said, was, I, yeah. yeah. Should I not mention it? Does it, I don't want to get you upset, Tommy. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but she said after the game there, I guess they asked her about, uh, you know, Kim Mulkey and, or the environment or something. And she kind of made some comment about, yeah, well, you know, I, I think, you know, if Nikki would have had this type of support, she might have done well or something like that. I, mm-hmm. I was like, what? Um, well, no, because Nikki, Nikki had an opportunity. And look at what Kim Mulkey's done already with, like, just her first year. So it's a little bit different. And plus, like, she's a different personality, man. She, she'll talk to anybody on the street. She'll whip them up. She'll take pictures. She's, uh, you know, she's high five and will wade in the hallways of this, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's just a totally different thing. And like, she, like they had like 9,000 t-shirts laid out or something like that for, for this game. So it's like, they're putting more effort into it. Maybe yeah. that's Kim Mulkey. I don't know, but they, it's just different. So I don't think the two are comparable anyway. Yeah. She cut a lot of flack for that comment, but uh, I don't know. I think LSU or if they were to face South Carolina again, maybe in the tournament, I'd say they have a really good chance. I don't know. I heard some, some of the refs, made some bad calls, but I didn't really watch the game. So anyway, uh, do you guys have anything else on, uh, on basketball? I think that's it. I mean, obviously going to be watching Florida and then at Arkansas uh, on Saturday, but yeah, I guess that's it. Now we can fully turn to this and, and rid ourselves of the 2021 LSU football season. And, hey, and man. wait, one, one thing, which one was worse though? 2020 LSU football or 2021 LSU football? Uh, I say twenty one. You think so? Yeah, because we, we we had to fire our coach mid season, and then he yeah. stuck around and coached. Then we started losing players left and right. I think uh, twenty twenty was worse. You think so? Just because like how unexpected it was. Like That's after true. the championship season, we knew we were going to be like obviously. Yeah, we were like, yeah, we'll, we'll probably go like nine and three, and then we come out and lose to Missouri like in game three, I think. Or no, it, it we lost. Miss, we lost to Mississippi State week State. one, and it was like, oh my goodness, what what's going on here? And then it, it, there was not much improvement from there. It, it, so basically, from week one, the season was like out the window. Yeah, uh, and then like we didn't even have a bowl or anything, and that was just the start of of the the misery. Yeah. Uh, so and then this one's kind of more the same i was kind of numb to it by this point (laughs) yeah yeah uh so anyway it's all behind us guys we have nothing to to look forward to but the some new promised land uh we'll see how it goes uh (laughs) i guess we'll have to we'll we'll have to trust brian kelly i mean that's why we we brought him here to pay paying the big bucks um but i mean i think he's excited to be here so uh i don't know i I think it'll look different but i'm excited to see what it looks like so, I mean, I didn't really have anything else. Like we said, the Saints are out of the playoffs. Uh, it was unfortunate. But I, I think from this point on, I'll probably be watching a lot of 
or as much of Cincinnati as I can. Yeah, cheering for Bengals in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people in like the New York, like the, the state of Louisiana, maybe even the Southeast, are, are going to be the same thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, two years in a row, LSU receivers set the set the record. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, that it for us. Excited on it. I think so. Big recap. Uh, I mean, we'll be back next week. Sorry for the little bit of delay on the pod. We wanted to make sure we could break down the national championship. Yeah. So hopefully the view, the listener, I don't want to say the viewers of our podcast will enjoy that. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that'll do it for us. Um, next week we will have the, uh, the LSU basketball game and any other news that comes out. I think we're, might be set for LSU football for a while now that we've uh, kind of solidified all of our coaching hires. I mean, we, I guess we could, I don't know. They, they just added some, you know, some more position guys. Um, but I, I think we could do another recap of that next week uh, just in case there's, cause it seems like every day they're adding something. I don't know. There's probably some more analyst or something who knows. Uh, but anyway, we, we could probably touch on that next week. Uh, but for now, Uh, Just enjoy this one as it is, uh, and just know that LSU football is on to a new era, so we have something to look forward to. Um, We can maybe get into that next week. But for now, that'll do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Tune in next time. We'll have some more for you. Uh, But until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.